0: So let's have at it. Oh! Oh, Jesus. It's time, oh, baby! Jesus. Jesus is the real star. I'm just as hype man. In Your Face section with Pete Cabrera Jr. Come on! Oh, oh Jesus, 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 baby! baby. Yeah, come on. Hey guys, my name is Pete Cabrera Jr. with Royal Family International University and School of Identity and Lifestyle. And you're listening to the All Jesus Podcast. And this is the masterclass of the guide, the full guide to divine healing and being trained in the spirit. And we're going to have at it today. And today we're going to talk about laying the foundation. We're going to be talking about the three offices, right? We're going to talk about some stuff and I'm going to get deep, deep, deep into the scriptures today. So guys, in the name of Jesus, thank you. If you guys wouldn't mind, yes, I did hit record, by the way. If you wouldn't mind hitting share and like on this, I'd appreciate it, guys. I really, really would appreciate it. So here we go, guys. So here's the thing, right? I'm gonna I'm putting on the, the teacher hat mode. I'm putting it on now, right? So here's what's really cool about it, right? Here's the cool thing about what we're going to talk about, okay? A lot of people, when they talk to me about, hey, Pete, how do we know something's going on here? Uh, hold on, come on Ooh, Seems like one of your streams have a connection issue I'm not worried about it Uh, Okay, we're standing by Hold on guys Okay, there we go Fixed Okay, there we go Okay, so here's one of the things that we're going to run into Okay, here's the thing you're going to run into You're going to run into Certain people that are going to tell you this If God heals, why is it that people are walking around sick? If God heals, then why is there people in wheelchairs? If God heals, why do we die? If God heals, why is this? And you'll find uh, the majority of the people that don't, that don't serve God is because they've had a member or a friend who's died or maybe they've committed suicide or maybe some harsh crime. Maybe they were murdered. Maybe they were killed. And so they say, how could God allow this? And because they see it in in the lenses of God allowing things to happen, they turn their backs on God and say, well, I don't want to serve a God who allowed this to happen. Right. But I want to speak it from the lens of God allows what you allow. Okay. Because in Genesis chapter 1, when we go back to Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And I talked about this earlier, that, that he said something. He said, let there be light, okay? Now, the way God works, when you go back to Genesis, is he always wanted a partner with everything, because even when there was darkness, he says that, that his face hovered, that his spirit hovered over the darkness, right? And he said, let there be light, and there was light. Which is very interesting because when God spoke, he took on word, which is very interesting because word is an expression of who God is. So God wanted to express himself, but in a way that he could partner. So when he said, let there be light, he spoke to darkness. So he wanted to partner with darkness. And then he separated the light from the darkness, which means darkness was already there. So when he spoke to darkness... He let darkness know he was there and he divided the light from the dark. Now, which is very interesting because when you understand Genesis chapter one, you start finding out the character of God. And the character of God is he wants light to be. Light was always there, you just couldn't see it. It wasn't present. We know this because in John chapter one, verse one, it says, In the beginning was the word. But remember, according to God, there's never been a beginning. He's talking about in the beginning of creation. Because to God, there is no beginning and there is no end. According to Scripture, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So there is no beginning for God. It just is because he's out of time. So in the beginning of creation, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. So we know that the word was there before darkness, before the waters, before the deep, before the separation, the word had always been there. But what's amazing is that the word now takes on a form, which is word. It takes it on. It takes a form, right? Because God is the word. So the word takes on a form and it begins to express. So he says, let light be. So the word became vocal. And the reason this is, is because that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when God spoke, let there be light, he's introducing light to darkness. Now, darkness doesn't know it's darkness because that's the identity of darkness. It doesn't know the difference between dark and light. We could say it could be like death, right? Death doesn't know it's dead. It doesn't know it's dead. It doesn't know it's dead until life speaks to it. And now it realizes that it's alive. This is very interesting, right? Because as born-again believers, we were dead in our trespasses. We were dead in our sins. We were dead in those things, but we didn't know we were dead until the light spoke, right? So the light spoke to us and it said, hey, hey, light be. And now you're like, okay, as a born-again believer, now you understand the light. This this There's a reason why I'm saying this. The reason I'm saying this is because when you learn to lay hands on the sick, we're going to talk about these three offices. One of the ones that I love the most is the kingship office, because the kingship office is when a king speaks, it means something. When God speaks, it means something. When he says something, it's backed up by something. Now, here's the difference between those who just speak and those who know what they're talking about. I tell people, when you know what you're talking about and you're backed up by the word, things happen, right? So God partnered people with darkness. He partnered with man. He partnered with fallen man, which is very interesting when you start understanding, why did he partner with fallen man? Because he wanted the light to come into the world and he could only do it through a man, which is called Jesus the Christ. So now if the light comes through a man, look, Jesus had to do a fully man guys. This is what I love about the gospels. The gospels prove over and over and over that Jesus came fully man. And fully God, which means the, the deity, God's, the Godhead was in bodily form. The deity of God was in bodily form in a man, which means that everything that Jesus did, he did as a man. Why is this important? Because you are also man. You are also woman who become one with the deity In bodily form on the inside, these scriptures will tell you that as he is, so are you in this world, which means you are walking out the kingship of the spirit of the Christ that's in you. This is why healing is possible. But before you can start walking out the manifestation of the light that now lives in you, remember this is the light that spoke. It just spoke. I'm going to teach you through the class that you can just speak. And when you begin to speak, right, we call this the language of creation. And that's what I'm going to move into throughout this series is you're going to speak the language of creation, which when you speak, creation will listen. Sickness will listen. Everything that was created was created by him and for him. And all of it is made subject unto him. But it can't be made subject unto him if you're not subject unto him, which means that you have to make everything subject to him according to his word, which means that there's going to be things that you're dealing with that are not made subject unto him that need to be made subject unto him. Like the way you think, the way you talk, the way you believe. The way you maneuver, how you do certain things have to be made subject to this reality. You have to become one with that word. Look, the word already became one with you. The question is, have you become one with the word? And when you become one with the word, then the word will begin to release from you. Now, the beautiful thing about releasing the word of God is that it's never released from him. It's released from you, but it's still connected to to him because healing is a part of who it's his nature it's an extension and i want to teach you to be an extension of what he is and who he is for you and it's very very tangible when you start training with this mindset okay and that's what i want to get because there's a lot of people that don't believe in healing and i'm gonna tell you why because they haven't been they haven't been trained in the spirit they've been trained carnally and they're like, well, I didn't see it. I didn't believe it. Well, you know, I tried it. I tried it a couple of times. It didn't manifest yet. And, and so they start relying on what they see. And remember, darkness couldn't see when God spoke to it. He said, let there be light. Darkness couldn't see. It heard. It heard, let there be light. He heard it. Look, all creation heard God. And in fact, God is still speaking. And all creation hears the voice of God. It's a continual. It's a washing of the word, according to the scripture. It's the washing of the word. God washes us in his word. He, he speaks over us. The Bible tells that Jesus speaks over us. He intercedes for us. He prays for us. The Holy Spirit even prays for us when we don't know what to pray. He's constantly speaking over us for a reason because there's a part of us that's connected to the tree of life. There's a part of us connected to God and it has to manifest, right? We're going to be talking about that. So remember. God is expressing himself through the word. There's an expression. There's a power. There's a manifestation that comes from his word. And if we can learn to grasp the power of the word, the grasp, the power of that manifestation, then everything we speak to and everything that we start laying hands on, everything that we're addressing will have to move according to the word of God. It has to. So here we go. We're going to talk about this. Remember one of God's names according to Exodus, one of his names, his biblical names is Jehovah Rapha. That's his name. Okay. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. It ain't the Lord who healed you. It's the Lord who heals you, which means he's a constant. He's a, he doesn't like arrive and then, okay, that's it. You know, And, and I tell people this, look, when Jesus moves in, he didn't just arrive. Right. So if he was healer before he moved in, he's healer when he moved in. If, if he's peace before he moved in, then he's peace when he moves in. Okay. So he doesn't arrive. Like he doesn't just come and say, okay, I've, I've arrived now. So I'm going to sit down. I am healer. I am peace. I am joy. I am, all, but I'm just going to sit here and not be that anymore. <laughs> that is the craziest reality that Christians walk in. The fact that they believe that they've arrived, but it's a continual thing. We grow in this thing. We grow in the reality of God. We grow in this understanding, right? And I tell people, look, if he created with a word, he can heal it with a word. And if that's what he is, then he keeps being that. He doesn't stop being that just because you don't believe it. He doesn't stop being healer just because you don't believe it. He doesn't stop being faithful just because you don't believe it. It just means you will not experience those parts of God because you have not submitted to that. In your life But it doesn't mean that it has power over God It just means that you've rejected that power From manifesting in your life And my job is to bring you to a place When all that God is You can experience all that he is on every level Every level That's my job And that's all our jobs right Teach them to observe all the things that I've commanded you to do So we want to teach people to walk in this reality Exodus 15 26 Says this And said if thou wilt diligently Hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and we'll do that which is right in his sight. Man, you could preach on this all day. How many people you know don't do what's right in his sight that don't honor God? That are believers that claim to walk in power, but don't use that power to submit themselves into honoring God. This is very interesting. And he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that heals thee. All right, let me talk about this. So are we to believe that based on this word here, that half of the stuff that we deal with as Christians has nothing to do with with what we would call the demonic, but it has a lot to do with the choices that we make that cause sickness and disease to come on us because we're not hearkening or believing or trusting in the things that God commanded us to do. It says here that it comes from God, but how did it come to the people of God through serpents? So we know that the demonic did not send serpents to them. God sent serpents to them. So the question here, and we're going to talk about this throughout the healing, because I'm bringing you into the victory box, which means that when you're in the victory box, when you lay hands on the sick, you're in, when you lay hands on the sick, you're in the victory box. You're not in the old covenant. You're not over there trying to get out Mount Sinai. You ain't trying to bring God's presence. You are God's presence. You are one with the Spirit of the of the Christ. You are one in Christ. You now walk in power. So i I teach from the seat of Christ, from the throne room of Christ. You're already in that reality. You're not trying to get that reality. You're, I'm, I'm trying to teach you to walk in fullness, not in measure. So the only way that you can walk in fullness is to believe that you're full. The only way to not walk in measure is to believe that there is no measure, which means that in the way that you walk, you have to confirm by the way you talk, by the way you maneuver in this life that you are not in measure and you are not in lack and then you are in fullness. So your voice has to sound like that of God, not that you are God, but you become the voice in the mouthpiece of the king that's trying to manifest in everybody else's life. And that only happens to a vessel who submits to the authority in which he carries. Okay. So here we go. Hey guys, you know, I had this conversation with somebody who talked about, Hey, there was this lady who had this trinket, right? She had this trinket and it was an Egyptian thing. And you know, it had this demonic power and influence over it. And, and you know, there was spirits in their house because they brought this trinket into their house. And I just sat there and I listened. I didn't say anything. I just listened. I listened to everything they said. And I said, hey, you know what's very interesting? According to scripture, right? Because this is why we need to read the word, right? When people tell me stuff like that, they have a trinket, they have a this and that, there's a curse on it, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, look, let me show you something biblically, okay? In the Bible, when the children of God left Egypt, the Bible tells us that the Egyptians gave them gold, silver, jewelry, clothing, gave them everything from Egypt, And took it with them. The Bible tells us that they spoiled them. Basically, they gave them this money and gave them this stuff so they could leave Egypt is what it says. Okay, so here's what God tells Moses. Hey, Moses, tell the people of God and all those that are pricked in their heart, that are moved by the heart, tell them to get all their gold and silver and to build me the Mishkan, which is build me a box, build me a place, build me an ark, build me a place everything that God used was from the Egyptians. There was not no curse on any of that. None of that stuff had power over them. They used what they had to honor God, which is even more mind boggling because whatever it is that you get, if you use it to honor God, if you use it for his service, right? I'm not saying you're going to walk around with this jewelry talking about, Hey man, look at the jewelry I have on. What I'm saying is that cannot have power over you only if you believe it has power over you. Now, if you believe it has power over you, it now has power over you as a man believes in his heart. So he is. So, so it's not about, Hey, does that thing have power? The thing is, are you giving it power? Cause the Bible says that you were delivered from all the power of darkness from the power. So you weren't just delivered physically. You were just delivered spiritually. You were delivered from the power. Darkness, which means darkness means that you don't know what's going on, but since now you know what's going on, it has no power over you because it's the truth that sets you free. Therefore, if you're not in darkness, you can't be deceived, and if you can't be deceived, it has no power over you because darkness means you do not see the light, the truth, the truth. Okay, so here we go Isaiah 35 3 through 6. Okay, check this out strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees say to them, this is Isaiah 35, three through 6. say to them that are a fearful of heart, be strong, fear not behold your God will come with vengeance. Even God with the recompense. I can't even say that word. He will come and save you. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Look, this isn't just physical. This is actual spiritual. I know a lot of Christians who are spiritually blind. There's some Pharisees that say, Hey, we see. And he said, because you say, you see your sin remains, which means that you can't see, you claim you can. Well, we hear, okay. You claim you hear, but do you really hear what the spirit is saying? Right? So you can be, you can be blind in the spirit and you can be deaf in the spirit. Watch this. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb sing for in the wilderness shall waters break out in the streams in the desert. This is very vital because this is confirming something. Isaiah 61, one through two, the spirit of the Lord. Remember this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek and we're going to talk about anointings because we got some men of God out here that talk about I have this anointing you need this anointing okay let me ask you something when Jesus moved in did the anointing fall off of Jesus did the anointing leave him did, did the Holy Spirit leave when Jesus moved in did, did the power leave what, what what happened if the Bible says that in him you're complete and you lack nothing And you're in him. Are we to confirm the the anointing washed off before you got into the Christ? Did the Holy Spirit leave the Christ when he died and manifested? So you moved into the Christ, but the Holy Spirit was no longer there. And the anointing was no longer there. And the gifts were no longer there. And the power was no longer there. And all these things that were in the Christ was no longer there. And when you move in, now all of a sudden you got to go and look for all this stuff that the Christ had the entire time. This is called backwards Christianity. And we wonder why people don't get healed. We wonder why people struggle and go in circles. Look, if he's anointed, if he's anointed, if he's anointed and he lives on the inside, you best believe he doesn't have half the anointing and he's going to wait for you to get the other half. That's not how it works. First Corinthians 6, 17, that those who are joined to the Lord, I'm joined to the Lord. Are you joined to the Lord? If we're joined to the Lord, we become one spirit. Okay, so how many spirits are we joined to? One. Okay, so does this one spirit have the anointing? Does this one spirit have the Holy Ghost? Does this one spirit have all the gift? Wait, 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 what's going on? I thought I needed the gift of. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into all of that. Believe me. Right? Here we go. Isaiah 61. I get super animated when it comes to healing because I know people are going to be healed. Look, we've done classes where we taught. On healing and people in the class there was a woman that came who had MS her body was shaking everything she was on medication she was in her mid-50s she had tried everything her whole life and we sat there and did one class And the next morning she got up and she was instantly healed nobody prayed for nobody touched her the word healed her the word confirming the word look we were just talking about who Christ was in her I wasn't even talking about, hey, let me lay hands on you. I'm just talking about the same Christ that you're asking to lay hands on you is the same Christ that's dormant on the inside of you. And he's dormant because you haven't woke him up. You haven't spoke to him yet. You haven't become one with him yet. You haven't partnered with him yet. You are still a sheep following he- him around. He wants you to get into the shepherd and he wants you to grab the rod and swing it at sickness and disease. That's what it's all about. Here we go. The spirit of the Lord of God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has set me to to the bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and 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 the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to confirm all that more. Look, this is vengeance to God. Vengeance is. Where's that sickness? Where's that disease? I'm oh, we 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 going You're gonna be vindicated right now. We gonna get that right now. Where the ooh, you could put vengeance on blindness. You could put the vengeance of God on sickness. You could put the vengeance on all the things that have come against you. He will avenge you, man. I'm telling you. And he does it through the Christ, but we forget that. See, cause we want to put vengeance to fall on our enemies. Our enemies are not people. Our enemies are the sickness and diseases and the things that keep us blind and keep us bound. Your enemy. The Bible says you're to love your enemies, which means you have no enemies Well, the only enemy you have is anything that's coming against the truth. That's causing you from walking out freedom in your life. And no matter what it looks like, that's your enemy. Your neighbor's not your enemy. People are not your enemy. That's deception. And we fight deception with truth. That's what it's all about. Here we go. Luke chapter 4, 18 through 19. Watch this. This is Jesus confirming Isaiah chapter 61, 1 through 2. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus talking. Okay. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and to recover of the sight. Have you noticed how he says preach deliverance to the captives? It doesn't say, um, he came to deliver them away or take them away from captivity. It says preach deliverance. You know what preach deliverance means? It means, let me tell you about how to go free. That's what preaching deliverance is telling them. This is how you go free this is how that's deliverance when you understand how he sets you free you live in deliverance okay because it's a person watch this the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and to recover of the sight of the blind to set the liberty of them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the lord now let me ask you something according to the scripture jesus says that um The spirit of the Lord is upon him. Okay. When did the spirit of the Lord ever leave the Christ? In fact, it's the Christ that's anointed. Jesus is the man that carries the anointing. That's the spirit of the Christ. So are you born again? If you are born again, you have the spirit of the Christ. And it's that spirit that is the anointing. So if you are born again and you have the Christ in you that raised Christ from the dead, if you have that spirit, that is the anointing. It's the spirit of Christ because it's an office and you can't be in that office without the anointing. So that means you, when you gave your life to Jesus, not only did he set you free, not only did he call you to go out and preach the gospel, but he's anointed you to do it. That's what it's all about. Luke chapter 7, 20 through 23. When the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has seen, has sent us, excuse me, John the Baptist has sent us. Into thee, saying, Aren't you he who that should come? Or should we look for another? John the Baptist disciples are asking Jesus if he's the Messiah, which is mind-boggling because they just saw Jesus get baptized, and John the Baptist said, This is the this is the, the Lamb of God who's gonna take the sins of the whole world. So John the Baptist knew who he was. So the question here is why are his disciples asking if he's the messiah? And in the same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues. And of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answered and said unto them. Here's the answer. They're asking him. Are you the Messiah? Shall we wait for another? Here's the answer that he gives them. To prove he's the Messiah. Then Jesus answered and said unto them. Go your way. And tell John that which you have seen and heard. What you saw and what you heard. Tell him what you saw. Tell him what you heard. He's not even confirming who he is. He's just saying, tell him what you saw and tell him what you heard, how that the blind see the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and deaf ears and the dead are raised to the poor of the gospels preached and blessed is he whoever who should not be offended by me. Do you know why they were offended? John the Baptist was offended by Jesus. This is why he sent them to him. He was offended because he went around healing the enemy. He was laying hands on the Roman. Remember John the Baptist was talking against the Romans that Jesus was going to come with fire and he's going to lay the ax to the roof. He was going to destroy their enemies. And Jesus comes around talking about love your enemies. He was offended. You're going to run into a lot of people in the healing ministry. I say, I hate to say the word healing ministry, but it is what it is. Um, they're going to be offended at the fact that you're going to go lay hands on people that they believe that should be condemned to hell. People are going to get mad at you when you go and minister to people who they think and believe will not be forgiven by God. Not that God won't forgive them, but because of the hardness of their heart, they refuse to forgive them. They refuse to accept them. They refuse to let them in. They refuse to do that, but they begin to speak for God as if though they are God. And that is not what we've been called to do. We've been called to go around destroying the works of of the devil we've been called to go around and do good and we're going to talk about this later on right about what should i say when i'm laying hands on the sick should i say it's from jesus how should i do how should i pray how should i do it right and we're going to talk about that later on so here we go jesus is confirming what the scriptures had said about the messiah jesus is walking around doing everything that i had read to you in the old testament about Isaiah and Exodus, Jesus confirming that that's who he is. So he's going around confirming the word, right? The proof was in what he was doing. Jesus was confirming the word with signs and wonders saying, look, don't, if you don't want to hear what I'm saying, at least look, I'm confirming what the word says about me. And guess what? We too have to confirm who the Christ is in us by going around doing what Jesus did. We confirm the old covenant into the new covenant. We bring it in by saying, look, the Messiah that walked around 2000 years ago, that same Messiah lives on the inside of me. How can I prove it? Watch this. Watch this. Hey, look at this. I sound like him. I talk like him. I walk like him. Why? Hey, if you don't believe what I, if you don't believe what I say, look, at least believe the things that I do. Go tell them what you saw. Tell them what you heard. That's the ministry. That's the gospel, right? The best gospel preached. I talk about this all the time. The best gospel preached is the one living. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Jesus is clearly very clear and very clear. He's very clear. Jesus is very clear that every born again believer is commissioned to heal the sick. It's a command. I'm going to show it to you. Everybody who's born again has been commissioned through the anointing to represent him here on earth. That's called an ambassador okay we're not even talking about manifestation we're not even talking about proof we're just talking about wrapping this around our minds. we're just talking about accepting this as truth before we even go lay hands on this on the sick excuse me Matthew 10 7 and 8 says this and as you go this is the great commission as you go preach saying the kingdom of heavens at hand how do you know? we're going to talk about that. The kingdom of heaven's at hand. Heal the sick. That's how you know. Cleanse the leper. That's how you know. Raise the dead. That's how you know. Cast out devils. That's how you know. Freely you received. Freely you give. That's how you know that the kingdom of God's at hand. You don't just say the kingdom of God is here. You have to back up where you're from. Where you from, fool? You ever heard of them guys? The gang says, where you from, man said? Where you from? Where you from? Where you from? I'm from the kingdom. Prove it. Bam, right there. Bam, I can prove it all day long. I'm from the kingdom because I'm in the kingdom, right? The message of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom is followed by action and tangible evidence that it is here. How do you know it's here? Because faith is the substance of things not seen, of things hoped for. Where's the substance? Oh, he's in me. Bam, there's a substance right there. He's healer. <laughs> the message of the kingdom is always followed by action. Mark chapter six. Here we go. Mark chapter six, seven, 12 through 13. And he called unto him the 12. Now, this is powerful, guys, because this is old covenant. Remember, the 12 did not have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. But we find out later on that they become one with this commission. They become one with it. Right now, they're just given. it's given to them. They haven't become one with them. This is powerful. Mark 6, and he called unto his 12 and began to send them forth two by twos and gave the power, he gave them power over unclean spirits. Look, he gave them power. They didn't become one with that power yet. That doesn't happen till later on, guys. Look, here's the problem that we have as Christians. We teach people to receive the power as if though when they're born again, they don't have it. You know how crazy that is for me? For me to say that I'm born in Christ, but the power is not there. Jesus is here. The Christ is here, but his power, I have to fight and struggle and look for it and search it out. That's not biblical. It's the spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in you. Hear me out. Watch this. And he called on them to 12 and he began to send them out. This is before he's, this is before he dies on the cross, Which means that he's training them with his power before his power is actually living in them. How much more now when that power is on the inside of you? This is just a word spoken. God sent them out. Jesus sent them out. Jesus put his word. He just like told them what to do. Outwardly. He didn't even live in them yet. This is a powerful revelation. Right? And they went out and preached that men should repent. This is powerful. And they... Cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. This is people under commission before the commissioner even moved in. Oh my God. How much more the children of God who are now become one with the nature of the very healing that they're walking around giving everybody. Come on, man. That's got to mess with you. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore. This is This is right when he's like giving the commitment. This is before Pentecost. This is before Pentecost. Come on, man. Matthew 28 is before Pentecost. My God. This is before the Holy Spirit was poured. Mm, My God. Here we go. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and teach all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teach them to observe, teach them what's aware of commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I'm going to be with you forever, bro. Look, Jesus tells you, look, I'm going to be with you to the end. of time. I'm going to be with you forever, forever, which means I'm going to be with you as long as you live. The question is, will you allow me to be that? For the people around you as long as you live. Will you allow me to be healer for them? Will you allow me to be patience for them? Will you allow me to manifest for everyone else through you? That's the question, right? Psalms 103, 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Man, this is Psalms 103, 2 and 3. Write this down. Write this down, man. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It says all his benefits, not some, all. Don't forget all. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. All your diseases. Cancer, yup. MS, yup. COVID, yup. Cold, yup. Anything, all. It doesn't matter what it All means all your diseases. All. Physically, spiritually, mentally, carnally. Doesn't matter what it is. All means all. Doesn't matter what disease it is. It says, who heals all your diseases? All of them. So wrap your mind around. Every disease I have, he's healed already. He already healed them all. The question is, how do I manifest who he is in that area of my life, right? Exodus 34, 10. And he said, behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels. Look, hear me out. This is God speaking to Moses before the spirit even lived in a believer. Believe it or not. This is just God being faithful. My God, if he was this faithful to them and they weren't born again, how much more the children of God who have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of them? Come on. Are you kidding me? Come on. This is what you got to wrap your mind around. This is God speaking to Moses. And he said, behold, I make a covenant. Hey, we got a covenant. We got a better covenant than Moses had. We got a better covenant than Moses had. Our covenant was shed. The blood of a lamb, which is the lamb of God, which is Jesus the Christ shed his blood. That's the covenant. Look, this ain't, this ain't blood of goats. This ain't blood of sheep. This is the blood of the Messiah who shed his blood on Calvary. So you can enter a covenant, which means you partner with someone. You partner. That's what a covenant is. A covenant is we're going to partner on some stuff. We're going to co-labor on some stuff. We're going to heal some stuff. We're going to raise some stuff. We're going to do some stuff. We're going to speak over some stuff. We're going to walk out some stuff. we going to conquer some stuff. We're going to go into covenant. We're going to do this together. Why? Because I'm in victory. And the only way up for you is through victory. And guess what? In victory, I'm not going to give an inch. Jesus is already in victory. You think he going to give an inch? No, he going to teach you to live in victory because spiritually, that's where you're at. And this body's learning to manifest spiritual, spiritual things that are in Christ into a physical world, which means you are manifesting a spiritual reality here on earth. And a lot of us want to lay hands on the sick when we haven't even submitted fully to the victorious life that we're already in. Look, to speak victory, you have to live in victory. It's where you are. Look, you, everybody that's on this podcast in the eyes of God, you are so victorious. He doesn't even, there is nothing that could come against you in his eyes. He's, he's so comfortable with who you are in the spirit that he's not phased by any of it. You are phased by it because you get in the flesh. You get in carnality. You see it from a different perspective. You see it from the dark and die. You see it from the kingdom of darkness. But in the kingdom of light, he looking at it like everything you fighting about, everything you crying about, everything you worrying about. Is already been conquered into Christ. Just get into Christ, get into that mindset and watch. And then the light will, the, the light will appear and darkness will flee because now that you can see through the light, you understand that you can speak to the darkness. You could speak to that thing. And in the name of Jesus, all of that would begin to fade away because the light is present and the light is what sets you free because it's who he is that Jesus is the light of men. And he speaks to the darkness. And you know what? He wants to partner with that darkness. How do you know? Because before you gave your life to Jesus, you were darkness. And when he partners with that darkness, he destroys it. And he doesn't deal with that darkness anymore. And now you become the light. Now it's like, and you are the light. Now you go out there as the light. And you go partner with the darkness in that person and that person. And when you partner with it, you take it to hell. You take it to death. You take it to the grave and you leave it there in the name of Jesus. That's what it's all about. Because that's what Jesus did He partnered with our sinful self He came in the likeness of sinful flesh But he was not sinful flesh But he came to partner with us And guess what When he became the lamb When he shed his blood on Calvary He killed everything that you were All the darkness that you were, all the darkness that you were one with was destroyed on the cross. And when you got up, you got into newness of life. You got into the light. And now he's like, hey, I translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of my dear son. You were once darkness, but now you're light. What? Yeah. And you were, you, you don't even have a spirit of fear anymore, man. What you talking about? I didn't give you the spirit of fear. I give you a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Okay. So now that you're filled with the power and love and sound mind what do i do with that uh, you allow yourself to release yourself on everybody and it's the christ in you that starts to heal it's the christ in you that begins to prophesy it's the christ in you that starts piercing the hearts of men because as he is so are you and if god can see the hearts of men so can you you just listen to what god says like what's he what are you saying about that person how can i reach that person's heart lord i don't know but you know them you know their hearts. You know their thoughts. Speak to me. How can I reach this person? And that's where you get, <laughs> that's where you get words of knowledge. That's where you get the prophetic gifts. You get it from tapping into the heart of God. Okay, here we go. Oh, there's so much right there. Whew. Surely he has, board. Well, where, where am I at? Oh, we're in Exodus 34. Let me get on this real quick. And he said, behold, I make a covenant. Before all the people, I will do marvels. This is before all the people. This is Old Covenant. Such as have not been done in all the earth. Sweet Jesus. My God. Nor if any nation and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. What? What? Yeah. Yeah hmm. It is a terrible thing that I would do with thee. What I'm gonna do is gonna bring terror on the enemy. What I'm gonna do is gonna bring terror on everything that's against me. This is why the demonic say to Jesus, Have you come to torment us before our time? Because what you carry terrorizes the enemy. Woo! Come on. And we can confirm this. Hebrews chapter 2, 3 and 4. Look what Paul says. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his will, to his own will. Are you kidding me? Here's what Paul is saying Are you kidding me? You think these signs are big? You think these signs and wonders? This is nothing. Hey, we're going to go bigger than this. Look, they knew this. Look, back there in Exodus 34, 10, God told Moses that he was going to see some stuff. He told Moses like never before he was going to see this power move. And that was back then. How much more now? That's what Paul is saying. Look, he, they, they remember. They remember what God said to Moses. That's Moses. He said that to Moses. You know who he said to now? He said that to Jesus. He said it to Jesus. And you know what? Jesus moved into you. So man, if Jesus can see these things, my oh God. If Jesus can see these things and he moves on the inside of you, he ain't using Moses, he using Jesus. And see look Moses had had his brother, right? And his brother walk with him and he saw him afar off and he had to put the anointing and teach it to his brother. But you've become one with the Christ who walks in the anointing. You you became one with the Christ who died on Calvary. You became one with the one who raised from the grave. You became one with the one who laid hands on the leper. You became one with the one who spoke over the water and it became wine. You became you became one with the one who called out. Like you became one with the one who called out Lazarus from the dead. Like that's on the even inside of you sleeper or awaken that's on the inside of you you kidding me moses couldn't enter that he couldn't get that on the inside of him we can and that's what he's talking about look back then they knew this power but the power now lives on the inside of you it ain't out on a mountain it's on the inside of you and you can speak forth this power at any time but there are forces out there that will lie to you there are people that are carnal that can't believe this reality it will hide it from you They will condemn you. They'll call you crazy because you believe you can lay hands on the sick. But it isn't me, my friend, who's laying hands on the sick because Galatians 2.20 says it's no longer I who live, but the Christ who lives in me. So it's not the me laying hands on you. This is a vessel submitted to what's on the inside of me. This vessel's used to lay hands, but it's not my hands anymore. It now becomes a tool in the service of a high priest and king who's conquered death, hell, and the grave. And now that person is laying hands on somebody. Come on, man. You kidding me? She's. I'm not trying to walk in power. I'm trying to get into the Christ, man. That's where ultimate dunamis power lies. In him, he is the power. He is the power, right? Here we go. Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. Surely he had bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was buried for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Like, come on. What he's done? What he's gone through? Come on. Really? You think he did all that for nothing? You think that he did that just so he could sit down? He didn't do that just so he could sit down. He sat down because he knew when he sat down, you'd sit down with him. So it's about him moving into you after he done did all that. He didn't just do that. So you knew he was the Christ. He did that so he could move into you and everything that did that now is on the inside of you and everything that did that can now do it for someone else, which means that you lay your life down. You submit yourself to the spirit and you allow all these things that are happening to you in the world, not to do anything that would contradict who the Christ is for you, but you submit to the Christ as the pressures of the world because you remember what Jesus did. He did that because he knew that he could model something out. Hey, his whole life. His whole life, he struggled. His whole life, he went through pain. His whole life, he it says that he learned obedience through suffering. He suffered his entire life. To prove to us that no matter what would happen, he would conquer death, hell, and the grave because the mission was to move into Pete Cabrera Jr. The, the mission was to move in to the Ortiz. The mission was to move into Jonathan Britt. The message was to get into Angela, to Auntie M. The message was let me move in. Make a place so I can make my abode with you. I'm dying so I can move in. I was homeless because I didn't have a home until I died. And now I live in you. That's the gospel. Come on, man. He lives on the inside of me. In him, I, I live, I move. I have my being. Like, he's on the inside of me, man. He's, he's, he's literally dying to get out. <laughs> he's dying to get out. Come on, Jesus. By his stripes, you were healed. Man, there's so much behind that. Matthew 8, 16 through 17. When the evening was come. They brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Look, like he cast them out with his words, with his words, and he healed the sick. that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities and bear our sickness. That's Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, confirming the old covenant through the new covenant by the way that he lived and by the way that he walked, which means that he's confirming. That he is the one that was going to come and do these things. And he proved it, which means that we still confirm the word through the Christ. We confirm the old covenant with the new covenant. We confirm the old covenant with the new covenant. I confirmed that in Isaiah, Jesus was doing that. And I confirmed that in Matthew, he was doing that. And I confirmed that right now he's doing that. The same one that did it in Isaiah. The same one that did it in Matthew. The same one that did it there is doing it now. It's the same spirit that was in them. In them. Matthew Mark and Luke he is working through them and on them his word that same spirit now works in me but that was the one they were talking about in Isaiah that's the anointing the anointing of the Christ in Isaiah is now flowing through the disciples who now lives in me and if it lives in me how can he deny himself Jesus is not going to deny himself ladies and gentlemen he's not going to do it the question is, will we deny him like Peter did? I don't know him. I don't know Jesus. I don't. We do that all the time when we see someone who needs healing. We deny who who Jesus is. I don't. I don't know. I don't know healer. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who he is, and we walk away. We put our heads down because we see someone in crutches, or we're ashamed. It's the same thing that Peter did. It's the same thing that Peter did when we walk away from people. It's the same thing. We're denying who he is. We're not allowing him to be who he is for somebody else. That's a selfish gospel, right? 1 Peter 2.24. four. First Peter 2.24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes we were healed. He's confirming. He's confirming Isaiah. He's confirming Matthew. He's confirming. By his stripes we were healed. By his stripes we were healed. You were healed. This is a past tense. Everyone who's in Christ through the eyes of God, he does not see you sick. He sees you fully healed because you're in victory. The body that is expressing or, or, or is now manifesting sickness has nothing to do with who you are in the spirit. You need to allow the root of Christ to now manifest through the flesh. The word must become flesh, which means that if you are fighting sickness and disease right now it's because the flesh is outside of the will of God and you haven't brought it into the will of God, which means you haven't submitted your vessel to the truth that lies in Christ. And when you bring your body to submit to it, when you train it to listen to the truth, when you confirm the word over your body, even though your mind is saying, no, it's not true. No, I'm sick. No, no, no. You say, nope. Cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring your thought captive, Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And you say, no, nobody no you will listen first Thessalonians 4 4 you are to possess your vessel in sanctification and in honor and you're to take your vessel and possess that thing for Christ and say no you are a vessel that carries the presence of the living God how dare you get sick like that how dare you not be able to carry it out in honor and in glory knees how dare you buckle when you're carrying the presence of God into a world that needs a savior how How dare you mind not allow me to be free? How dare you eyes to look at things that defile? How dare you mouth to speak in a way that causes issues? How dare you? And what we do is we bring our vessels into the office and we tell the vessel, you will carry the presence of the Messiah on a daily to my children, to my wife, to my friends, to everyone who's around me. Because your job is to carry the ark, the presence of who the God, who the God of this universe is here in this world. And we're to walk that out on a daily but how can we do that when sickness has you going oh 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 come on man the bible says that the world is eagerly awaiting that the that the world groans hey that's a shoulder groaning oh my shoulder hurts it's groaning jesus manifest your back's hurting oh that's your back saying manifest jesus oh when people are hurting and having pain they're they're manifesting they want to be manifested in the christ which means that pain is groaning oh i need a savior oh i need a savior yeah let me tell you about who he is come here real quick oh you have pain in your back come here i hear that pain groaning it's groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I'm here. and I'm about to manifest all over that thing in the name of Jesus. Come here real quick. Lay your hands on it in the name of Jesus. How dare you be healed in the name of Jesus be healed. And here's what's going to happen. You're being trained in an office, which means that nine times out of 10, when you first start, you might not see some stuff. I'm going to tell you why, because God wants you to address every emotion and every feeling that you get that comes against who God is for you. He's training you. This is what training in the spirit is. If you're not bringing those things subject to who the Christ is, you're being trained in the flesh, which means you're not saying, well, you know, it's not true. It didn't manifest. you You know, I tried that. No, 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 that's the flesh confirming a lie. We came to confirm the word, confirm the word, Not walk away and question the word. Oh, well, I wonder why that didn't work. Well, I wonder why he didn't get healed. Well, you know, I laid hand on a couple of them, you know, but you know, you know, I try, try, but you know, you're not confirming the word. You're just confirming that you don't know what the heck you're talking about. You're only confirming that you're confused. Confirming the word means that whether I see it or not, that's what he said. But what if he don't get healed? But what if he does? But what if we don't see it? But what if we do? But what if it takes years? But what if it doesn't? But what about what, what? Wait, wait, wait. Now, you know, the Bible says that when you pray, believe as though it's already happened. But how can we talk if it's already happened if we already said it didn't happen? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, when I lay hands on the sick, best believe. I'm taking that to the grave. You're healed. Well, if he's healed, is he still in a wheelchair? Because flesh doesn't confirm the word. I do. Sickness doesn't confirm the word. I do. I confirm the word. I confirm it, which means that it has to be confirmed for me because I carry the presence of God and which means I have to be one with it. So regardless of what's being manifested, I have to be stubborn because I become one with that word. I don't become one with the manifestation. I become one with the truth and the truth shall make you free. Not the manifestation. The manifestation doesn't make you free. You can roll on the ground and say you've been delivered by a billion demons, but that doesn't set you free. What sets you free is when you become one with the truth and then you won't be lied to anymore and now you can stay free. Manifestation doesn't confirm that you're free. Manifestation just confirms that God's honoring his word. What keeps you free is believing the word and staying on the word and not budging. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. We confirm the word. That's what the word says. But, but, but that's not what I'm seeing. Once again, Blessed are those that don't see yet believe do you want to walk away blessed then you best start confirming the word but even if you don't see it but that's how you walk away blessed because it means that they didn't rob you from the blessings of who god is because even though it didn't manifest you still believe the truth and it's the truth that keeps you free and makes you free and i tell people you got to confirm the word for yourself before you can give it away peter said as i have freely i give as I have, he's already confirmed that thing. It's already solid. It's stable. It's it's settled in his heart and you got to be settled. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I'm going to lay hands on this guy. Even if he dies, I still won. Why? Because I didn't call God a liar. Flesh always calls God a liar. Flesh always calls God a liar. This is why the Bible says by his stripes, you're healed. Did you guys know that? You know why it says by his stripes, you're healed. Because when he got whipped in his back, the Bible says that he got whipped for blasphemy, for lying. That's why he got whipped. All flesh lies until it's redeemed. Remember, Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh, which means that that flesh had to die. So that flesh that you're looking at in Christ, it looks like a liar. It looks like a serpent. It looks like a man, but it's, it's not, it's not a liar, but it looks like one. But watch this. Let's whip Jesus because he says he's the Messiah. He don't look like the Messiah. He don't look like what we thought he looked like. Whip him because he's lying well that's the thing all flesh is gonna lie to you oh you're sick why because the flesh is not in the will of God and when the flesh is not in the will of God it begins to lie to you and it starts saying things outside of who God is for you and the reason that it says by his stripes you were healed is because his back got whipped because all flesh is going to lie to you and when flesh begins to lie to you you say by his stripes you were healed which means that flesh was whipped that flesh was condemned that flesh was put in a hole that flesh does not speak for me the risen king speaks for me not the whipped flesh not the one in the hole not the one that got pierced the one that got up out of the grave that's the one who speaks for me that's the one who speaks to you now the one who conquered death hell in the grave the one who didn't cry out when he got whipped the one who stood there in judgment the one who didn't say anything that's the one that i'm in when i'm being condemned when i'm being confronted when the things of this world are coming upon me i'm in the christ and that one got whipped and because he got whipped i stand in the one and say, by his stripes i am healed which means he took that to model something and that's where i'm at and that's why it says by his stripes you are healed because all flesh that is not redeemed and even those that are christians who walk out carnality will lie to you because all flesh will lie to you if you're not in the spirit the bible says that those that are in the flesh cannot please god romans chapter 8 for you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if the spirit of Christ is in you. That's what all that's about. I get excited. I get excited. Here we go. Where am I at? Oh. Here we go. <laughs> <Woo>! Sweet Jesus. <sighs> Acts 4:10. But it known unto you all that to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth whom you crucified Whom God raised from the dead, even by him, both this man stands here before you whole. It was because of Jesus that this person's healed. It's because of Jesus that this person can see. It's because of Jesus that this person can walk. That's our mission to show them Jesus. When people get healed, it's because of Jesus that you can be that you can be healed. It's because of Jesus that you're set free. It's not because of my ministry. It's not because of my anointing. It's not because of my knowledge. It's not because of my power. It's because of Jesus that this person stands here before you. It's because of Jesus that this is happening. It's because of him. That's the gospel. The good news is about him, who he is for you. And that's the one who sets you free. Sweet Jesus. Hallelujah stands before you. Oh, Woo. oh my God. Woo. Luke 10, eight through nine, sweet Jesus. And into whatsoever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you and heal the sick that are therein and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Wherever you go, man, I always use this as an example. We need to go eat at a restaurant. Why? Because it says here that we got to go eat. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you why they're eating. This is why it's put in here. And into whatsoever city you enter and you receive receive you eat such things which means you're going into covenant when you go into someone's house to eat you're in covenant you're now like hey man we agree we're eating together we're having a meal now we become one in this situation we're having a meal we're in covenant praise god this is why we have communion right oh we're in covenant okay check it out we're in covenant you about to get healed right now in the name of jesus because it's about bringing people into the kingdom of god into the kingdom of god right check this out And into whatsoever city you enter, that receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein. Heal the sick. It says heal the sick. It doesn't say go look for the sick. It says heal the sick. Which means that uh, if you have to heal the sick, you're already looking for them. Right? Heal the sick. And say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. How many times have you gone up to someone who's sick and told them the kingdom of God has come unto you? We don't do that anymore. You know what we say now? Uh, if you died, you know where you're going? We preach the kingdom of God. You can't bring someone into a kingdom if they don't know nothing about it. See, we don't bring people into the kingdom now. We bring people into church. We bring them into salvation, but we don't ever bring them into a kingdom, and the kingdom is a lifestyle. I teach a lifestyle, okay? A lifestyle. Luke 1721 neither shall they say lo here or lo there for behold the kingdom of God is within you. Guess what? You can't proclaim a kingdom if it's not on the inside of you. So this proves that if the kingdom is on the inside of you, you can bring people into the kingdom because the kingdom is in Christ and the Christ is in you. Right? So if you're to proclaim the kingdom, we're to assume you have the power to bring them into the kingdom. And if you have the power to bring them into the kingdom, it means you have the power to prove to them that the kingdom has come nigh to them. And if you can prove that the kingdom has come nigh to them, how do you prove to them the kingdom has come nigh to them? You lay hands on the sick. They get healed. You know, people tell me, hey, you know, healing is not for today. Oh, so the kingdom just stopped then so then there's no kingdom of god then because if we're still preaching the kingdom of god then there has to be healing there has to be people being delivered all this stuff because it's the kingdom and this is how you show them that the kingdom's still here so is are we waiting on a kingdom are we proclaiming the kingdom let's let's talk about this Let's talk about this. Are we waiting for Jesus to come or it's come out? It's just already living on the inside of us. Which one is it? Are we waiting for him to return physically or can we walk him out physically here? Like these are two different realities, right? I'm not saying he's not coming back, but meanwhile, while he comes back, you can still manifest who he is. How do we know this? That's the kingdom because we're children of God. We're the first roots of Jesus which means as he is so are we which means we are children of God because of what Jesus has done which means it's him through us that does these things and so if we're building a kingdom then we have to proclaim a kingdom and when people tell me oh you know sickness and disease he doesn't heal anymore then if he doesn't heal anymore then why preach the kingdom because that's the proof that the kingdom is here we have the power to prove the kingdom yes Nigel Lazarus We have the power to prove kingdom of God is nearby laying on the hands. People don't want us to lay hands because they don't want us to preach and teach the kingdom. They want us to teach doctrine, denominations, divisions, them, us, those, there, that. No, 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 no. It's kingdom, baby. It's kingdom. It's always been kingdom since Genesis chapter one. It's been about a kingdom. It's been about a kingdom since the beginning of time. It's been about a temple. It's been about God coming to dwell with man. It's been about, Hey, let me live in man. Hey, let me still build my kingdom. It's been about a king who's come to establish a kingdom here on earth. And we're the children of the kingdom of God. And we can go around proclaiming the kingdom that has become one with us. And it's through the power of the Christ in us that we do this. It's not an anointing. It's not a gift. It's the Christ in you, the hope of glory. People say, I need this anointing. You have this anointing. You have the Christ. You have the power. You have it already. Because how can you walk in newness of life if you don't have the life that gives you newness of life? Come on, man. We get into that throughout the school, throughout the master class. We're going to get into those questions, right? Right. Luke 17, 21, once again, neither shall they say lo here or lo there, for for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Why are you looking? Why are you looking? People always looking. Where is the kingdom? Where is the kingdom? It's right here. It's in the Christ right there. The only reason you don't see the kingdom manifest is because you refuse the king that wants to manifest the kingdom in which you're part of. Praise God. The three offices, priestly, Prophetic kingly you're part of all three ladies and gentlemen you're a priest you're a prophet and you're a king and jesus came as all three he came as a priest he came as a prophet and he's a king all three of those offices live on the inside of you for a reason because you can function in these offices if you're in the christ the problem is a lot of christians don't get into the christ and they just want to walk in gifts walk in the christ Who has the offices. And as he is, so are you. And there's a weight to that. There's a weight that we do not teach in that. And when you understand the weight, sickness will also feel the weight that you carry. The weight will hit everything that stands in your way. But you have to learn to carry the weight before you can drop the weight on everything that's come against you. Hear me on this. And I'm gonna teach you how to do this. In this course I'm going to break it down I'm going to break down All this stuff I'm telling you Here we go Here we go Let's talk about the priestly office Jesus Jesus Offered up his life As a sacrifice to God His bloody Bloody body His bloody body It was bloody Fulfilled his role as a priest His body fulfilled his role Remember a priest A priest offers sacrifices to God he does that on our behalf even now how much more when he lives on the inside of us what is he offering up now we're going to talk about this right come on man when you get into this office nothing can come against you nothing because this office This office was set before the foundations of the world. The Bible says that the lamb was slain before the foundations of the world, which means this office was already here before everything was created. And it has to submit to that office. They are bound. Everything is bound by universal law to submit itself to the office of the Christ. And this office is on the inside of you. Now, will you submit yourself to the call? That's a whole nother calling, but best believe the office is there. If you want it, the office is there. If you will submit to it, the full backing and the power of our Messiah, risen Messiah, his hand is there. His fingerprints is there. His power is there. His anointing is there. His healing is there. His power is there. His resurrection is there. Everything is there and it's in the office. And are you willing to carry the one who has the keys to every single ailment? That will come against you and his children. That's the key. That's the key. Are you willing? Are you a willing vessel? Will you count the cost, right? that's what it's about will you count the cost likewise we offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God in the same way that Jesus offered up his life in the same way that he was silent in the same way that he went to the cross in the same way that he laid down his life in the same way that he didn't have a life because his whole life was doing what God had called him to do he gave away everything so he could go and heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the lepers he gave his whole life away to model out the life which Christ Which the Christ came to do. He modeled that life. When he laid down his life, he literally laid down his life. He didn't have a life, he was life. This is what all this is about. Likewise, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Everything in the priestly office is directed up to God, such as supplication, prayer, worship, praise, fasting, the way we live, the way we talk. Everything we do is offered up to God as a sacrifice everything look if you wanted to do it it wouldn't be a sacrifice sacrifice takes all that you are that's what sacrifice is all about here we are so we're priests we are also kings thus the word royal priesthood royal priesthood first peter 2 9 but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood A holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, my God. If I could just talk about what this marvelous light is. If I could just talk to you for a second about getting into this marvelous light. It's just marvelous. It's it's beyond comprehensible. Your mind can't even fathom the light that you have. If you could just move into his marvelous. If you could just get into that for a little bit. My God. Sweet Jesus. All right. Let's talk about the prophetic. We talked about the priestly. We talked about the kingly. Check this out. The prophetic, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Watch this. But he that prophesies, speaketh unto men to edify and our citations and comfort, which means we build up, guys, you know this. We build up, we prophesy, we speak with the God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob says through the Christ. We speak for God. We don't speak as God. When you get to the point where you speak For God, you'll be like, Jesus, I only say what he says, I only do what he does. And that's the mission. The mission is that when you speak, people hear only the voice of God. And it's like running water. It's like waves of water when you speak. It's a whole nother level, right? Mark 11, 25 through 26. And when he stands praying, forgive If you have ought against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive you of your trespasses. As priests, we have the power to forgive people of sin. We have power to bring them to a place and let them come to the Christ. We teach them and show them and preach repentance. Come to your God. Come to him as prophets, as priests, as kings. We have that power. How much more the power to heal? How much more the power to restore? I'm just talking baby steps here. I'm just talking bringing people to Christ. I'm just talking bringing people to an understanding. I'm not even talking about allowing him to manifest. That's a whole nother conversation because when you allow him to manifest, it's easy because it's who he is. It's who he is, right? Here we go. Can you guys hear me? All right, here we go. Ecclesiastics 8.4 Where the word of a king is... Whew. I'm getting chills man Whew. Come on Jesus I'm getting chills all over Whew. Ecclesiastics 8-4 Where the word of a king is There is power And who may say unto him What does thou Jesus needs not answer to anyone His presence And his power speaks for himself. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Man, chew on that. Where the word of a king is, there is power. You are a king. You are a king. You are a king. You don't need to an answer to anyone. Your presence and your power should speak for itself. You don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to get into the flesh. Your words, the word of a king has power. You need to be trained not only as a king but as a priest because we don't want to use that power to defile. We want to use that power to heal. We want to use that power to deliver. I've used my power in ways that I don't know if I'll ever fix those bridges. I don't know if I will ever fix the damage I have done. As a Christian who lived in the flesh, I don't know. But heaven forbid, heaven forbid. That ever happened to me ever again. That's why I do these classes. That's why I get on here because we do not want to burn bridges. We don't want to live in the flesh. We don't want to walk out carnality. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to listen to these things that will keep the Christ at bay. Okay. We don't. This message has power because it comes from the king himself. We enforce the rules of the kingdom. This is why power is given to us in Christ. Why were we created? What is your calling? Before you gave your life to Jesus, you proclaimed a kingdom known as the kingdom of darkness. You were a child of the devil. Your entire life was a message. The worst darkness preached is the one lived. How much more now the best gospel preached is the one lived. Our entire existence is one of manifestation. It's just a matter of what you will be willing to manifest. And what you're calling forth, man. I wanted to lay this foundation biblically on why you can heal the sick. Because it's an office. And Jesus came as the Messiah to fulfill that office. And now that office lives in us and now we're in the new covenant and we bring an office with us and people may not agree to this office. And it's usually people who aren't sick. It's usually po- people who aren't hurt. It's people, it's usually people who don't need what it is you have. And that's okay because you go to the broken hearted. You go to the people who need what it is you have. You don't go trying to confirm and, and trying to convince other people who would just reject what it is you have. anyways. you want to go to the broken You want to go to the lost. You want to go to the people who've been forgotten. The people who need what it is you have. And I want to train you up to go out for these people. To go out on a limb for people. To live for people. To bless people. To anoint people. To do all the things that Christ has called you to do. But you can't do this if you don't believe you can do it. There are people around you that want to confirm lies into you. I want you to be just like your daddy. I want to be able to see you and see you manifest your father. I want him to pour out of you. You're full of who he is at the fullness of God. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. How much more the pouring out of all of who he is. Of all of who you are. Look, it doesn't matter what you lay hands on. It could be a devil. It could be sickness. It could be disease. It doesn't matter what it is. When you're in the Christ, it will submit to whatever it is you say because you are now in the will of God and in the will of God, everything is brought to the supremacy of Jesus Christ, the supremacy. I teach full supremacy. There's no exception. Either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all and that's what it's about. So if he's going to be Lord over that sickness, then let him be Lord over that sickness. And if he's going to be Lord over that anxiety, let him be Lord over that anxiety. And if he's going to be Lord over your family, let him be Lord over your family. If he's going to be Lord of your life, let him be Lord over your life. But don't let anybody Lord that over you. Let him be who he says he is for you on every level. And we're going to be talking about, yes, you can do this. Hear me out. I prove to you biblically why the scriptures say you can do it the scriptures confirm the christ in you did it before and if he did it before he'll do it again because he's the same yesterday today and forever he doesn't stop being healer just because he moved in he doesn't stop being resurrection just because he moved in he doesn't stop being who he was or who he is because he moved in he made you one with what he is and if that's what he is and that's what you are in this world the key is will you walk that out and that's all according to romans chapter 12 verse 2 do not conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so how do you renew your mind to believe this truth if my friends don't believe it if my family don't believe it if i've been battling with sickness and disease my whole life if i've been struggling with anxiety my whole life how can i walk out this truth if it's not even truth for me yet and that's the lie the lie is it is truth for you You just haven't experienced it yet because you're allowing the flesh to confirm you. You're allowing sickness to confirm you when the whole time you're to confirm the word. You're to confirm who the Christ is in you. The Christ is healing. The Christ is deliverance. The Christ is freedom. The Christ is all these things, but you're allowing your mind and carnality and the flesh and the hurt and the pain that got cut off that you were purged from your old self. That ain't even you talking. That's the flesh talking. That's not the spirit talking. The spirit do not talk like that. Flesh talks like that. Cut that thing off. Don't listen to it. Go to the restroom, have a talk in the marriage, say, You ain't talking like that anymore. Come here, flesh. We're going to have a talk. Right now, you're going to submit. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you're going to do as I say. I'm not going to listen to you no more. I'm not going to go eat sweets if I'm dealing with sickness and disease. I'm not going to go eat sugar if I'm a diabetic. I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to bring you into submission. But the Holy Spirit gives you power, power to do what? The power to become a child of God and a child of God has self-control. A child of God has long-suffering. We've been given this stuff for a reason. We want everything to submit to the power of God, but why don't we submit this first so we can walk out the purity of God's power through a vessel who can confirm it by the way it lives, not just by the way it talks. Trust me on this one. Trust me on this one, right? So there's going to be people out there that are going to say, hey, God doesn't heal. Well, he won't heal for them because they've rejected that part of who he is. It took me three years, two and a half years to see a manifestation of a miracle. My back was instantly healed and it took me two and a half years to see it. That's only because there wasn't people like me out here telling you, hey, this is what you do. This is how you take that captive. Oh, this is the process. You're being trained. You're being taught. All that stuff that you're going through needs to be weeded out, but you need to be weeded out through the spirit, but you're doing it carnally. So you're just going in circles, but that stuff needs to be addressed. Why are you feeling that way? Why are you thinking like that? Address that in the spirit. Why are you thinking that? That's not the way you should be thinking. God doesn't just want you to walk out healing. He wants you to become one with it. And there's a part in there that's coming against who he is and you need to address that. You need to address why you're thinking that. You need to address why you're feeling that. The head of the serpent comes out so you could crush it in the name of Jesus. That's the only reason you're feeling that. Because it needs to be addressed in the right spirit, in the right mindset. We are gonna argue with that. We're gonna address that. Bring that thing under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Why are you dealing with that? Well, let me deal with that. Why you feel lonely? Why do you feel sad? Hey, you know why you're feeling that? Because it needs to be addressed. Address that. Why are you eating off somebody else's tree? Why do you feel like their fruit is what you need to eat when you have this, the, the, the spirit of the Christ in you? When you have the tree of life on the inside of you, you can eat from his tree anytime you want. Why are you eating off their tree? Why are you eating from them? Why do you need to feel validated from everybody else's tree when the Christ is in you, validating you day and night? Day and night, day and night. He says he presents you to the father without blemish, without spot. He presents you day and night to the father, confirming you, validating you over and over and over and over. You're validated. You're validated. You're validated. You're validated. validated. What is going on? The flesh doesn't feel validated because it's not brought to the supremacy of who the Christ is and bring that thing under submission. Make it subject and you are validated. You are everything that he's ever wanted. He's pleased with you. God is pleased with you. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Everyone who comes into the Christ starts off with the Lord saying, this is my son and daughter who I'm well pleased. We begin because I'm pleased with you because you're no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit. And because of that, we can now become one. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about in the name of Jesus. So yeah, we're going to be talking about how to get the mindset, how to get the mindset because I want you to go out there and start laying hands on the sick and I'm going to talk about how you can go up to people, how you can start training now, how you can start training right now. Look, it's so odd when you start training within a institutional church because they have a motive and their motive is to get them to church, which is okay if that's what they want. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be training in the spirit, your motive is only to manifest the christ that's the only motive we have is that the christ shows up the christ touched them the christ healed them the christ is who the christ is we got to give the christ to them and it only happens through a willing vessel who's willing to give it to them and that's what it's about now once you lead them to christ once you give them the you know once you tell them about salvation once you do all that then that's a whole different story but we're going to be training and manifesting Who the Jesus is for you without any type, any type of what we would call obstacles, any type of weird feelings. Like I will show you how to go out there and not have these things bother you. Okay. And you start that by living a lifestyle of learning to be nice to everyone. So today I'm going to leave you with a goal. Your goal till next Friday is to be nice to everyone. Just nice. Smile. How are you doing? Okay. Be very intentional about your face. Be very intentional about how you look. Be very intentional. When you go to the gas station, be nice. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate you. So appreciation that you appreciate. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. When you go to a restaurant, I appreciate you. Thank you for helping me. Tell your wife, I appreciate you. Tell your children, I appreciate you. It's about being appreciative. Be Appreciate everything because it's in thanksgiving. You want to train yourself in thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be grateful for people around you. Be grateful for the people around you. Be grateful that you got groceries. Be grateful that there's gas. Be grateful that you can get your coffee. Be grateful that people, be grateful. And once you're grateful, you start feeling the gratitude of the Lord and go around doing good. Now, this wall needs to go because this is the first wall you're going to run into is the gratitude wall. Because if you don't see how grateful your God is with you, you're not going to see how grateful you are with others because you have to see them through this lens. And so smile and wave and, and just be over the top nice. Don't be cheesy about it. Be honest. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. No one can reject someone who's nice. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, man. You could be so nice to someone that they'll be like, man, I'm sorry. I thought I didn't like you. I didn't, I just saw you in the past and I just, uh, I'm so, forgive me for not liking you. You're such an amazing person. (laughs) I tell people you're in charge of your face. You're in charge of your face. I tell my son that all the time. You're in charge of your face. How your face looks. Yeah, that matters. Why? Because that's the face of a child of God. And if you're walking around mad all the time. That just says you ain't too happy and you have every reason to be happy because how can you give joy if you're not going to walk in it? How can you proclaim? How can you proclaim the kingdom of God? Isn't there, f- the kingdom, isn't there fullness of joy? In God, there's fullness of joy. Okay, so you should be full of joy. What's your face saying? See, your flesh is not fullness of joy because when you live in it, it's just pissed off all day long and we don't want to do that. Now remember, everybody else lives in the flesh, so don't allow their flesh to piss you off. Don't allow their flesh to contradict what you carry. Right. And we're going to talk about old man, new man. We're going to talk about, you know, being trained in the right spirit. We're going to talk about pepper the carnal mind. We're going to talk about all the things that are going to come against you as you're training. And remember, when you're in the field, you're training. Look, the minute you leave this podcast, the training is on. It's never been off. The minute you gave your life to Jesus, you've been in the training. You've been training for reigning the minute you came out of the waters. The minute you gave your life to Jesus, you've been training in the spirit. But you didn't know it because you were being trained in the flesh the whole time. And you thought you were being attacked. You thought you were just surviving. No, you weren't being attacked. You weren't being, you you weren't just trying to survive. You were being taught to thrive by attacking all these situations in the Christ. But we never once got into the Christ because we didn't even know what that was. We didn't even know what that was. I thought I was just being attacked. I thought the devil was attacking me because as long as he's attacking me, it means I'm doing something good. <laughs> no, it means that you're dealing with life and you used to deal with it as a fallen person, but now you're in the Christ, so now you have to deal with it totally different and you feel like you're being attacked because really you want to handle it carnally and carnally you want to fight. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Man, man. Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. the real star. I'm man In guys next friday i'm gonna bring it hey Jr. check this out Jesus, guys if you want to help us out go to my paypal pete cabrera junior ministries at yahoo.com if this is helping you only if it's helping you if god prompts your heart give and if he doesn't i'm still gonna give you all i have because guess what god is faithful and i have to show his faithfulness so if he's gonna be faithful to me i have to be faithful to you so guys i do this with the understanding that we're gonna partner against sickness We're going to partner against disease we're going to come into covenant and we're going to destroy the works of the devil as a whole as a body I come to you in the name of Jesus hold me accountable I'll hold you accountable and that's why we're here guys I love you guys thank you I hope you got something from this I'm going to go into I had to lay down some stuff I had to lay down some some biblical foundations before I can go into the mental part of the understanding of certain things and I'm going to get it to the mechanics right we're going to get it to the mechanics we're going to get to the okay what happens when I don't see something what happens when I do what I do Next, like, how do I deal with this and what happens with this? And what we're gonna get into. All, I give you my word, I'm gonna gut this thing inside and out because I want you to be successful. So, today, today, when you leave here, put a smile on your face and remember the one that's on the inside of you that conquered death, hell, and the grave carries all three offices. And if he carries them, he wants you to carry them. Then we're gonna talk about how to be trained in the spirit. So, next Friday, I'm gonna be talking about being trained in the priesthood, which means a priest carries something. And I'm going to show you biblically how you carry the presence of God. And as you carry the presence of God, this is what heals the sick. This is what raises the dead. It's the presence of God that does it. It's the presence of God that does it. If you can carry the presence of God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why am I going to teach you to walk in gifts when I can just teach you to to just release his presence? Oh, my God. If you can release his presence, sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus. My God. My God, my God. (laughs) Oh, so we just share this with someone. Share this with someone. Guys, I appreciate you guys partnering with us. I love you guys in the name of Jesus. If this has helped you, share with someone. And next Friday, I'm gonna hit it again. I'm gonna be here. Okay. So I love you guys in the name of Jesus. So be blessed. Be blessed. Jesus is what? the real star. I'm Come just a on nightmare. Jesus man. Come on. In your Jesus. face section with Pete Cabrera Jr. Oh Jesus, Jesus baby. baby. Yeah.